we've got navigating forward part five um this this series i don't know if you're catching it but it is loaded with wisdom um loaded with personal life lessons that we can learn from uh from these scriptures that we're covering um th this is about how do we strategically plan our future i know when we started this series in january in the beginning of january there was a sense of uh oh what's going to happen this year uh, can it be any worse than last year <laughs> um uh, what's going to happen in the world what's going to happen with my job and or what can i plan for and i think there's some key foundations that have to be considered and i think well that's why i'm doing this series and some of the things that we're going to talk about today's topic is going to be having the eyes to see checking your prescription or your blind spots how well do you see um and then so far we've covered how to navigate forward you got to look at our attitude we, it begins with contentment uh, number two we learn from those who've gone before us and we we took three weeks to cover the story of joseph in the old testament in genesis and that was really good there's a lot of uh, details there and probably some parts of the story you forgot about or never knew were part of the story of the life of joseph because we only hear about some of the key big points but there's much more going on behind the scenes that's been shared with us through the history of the scriptures and today i want to talk about having eyes to see to check our prescription or blind spots i know that uh some of you me included there are times where we didn't want to have glasses and then we realize we need them or if you have glasses pretty soon you start squinting more and more and oh no i need a new prescription because it's just not quite right or even worse <laughs> that point where you get to where i need reading glasses and uh these ones are fine and eventually uh, what i have now is a three level one so i can see far kind of close and then book like computer and then and then and book i never thought i would like trifocals and i i love them uh got used to them pretty quick but don't be afraid of them so anyway this is about checking your prescription what are you seeing what are you focusing on um in fact this next story that uh we're going to talk about from the book of genesis um i remember um reading this old uh storybook called the picture bible way back when i was a kid i still have a couple on the shelf here um but this was a cartoon bible it was my favorite in fact somebody uh from th that i used to pastor a long time ago messaged me uh recently out of the blue asking hey, what was that bible called and it was this one it was the picture bible but uh, the reason i bring this up is because i remember in my first year of bible college oh my goodness we're going through a survey of the old testament and uh a question was brought up well, what was the name of this certain person and well i don't know what what his name was or where exactly the story was but i knew what he looked like <laughs> can you believe that i knew what the guy looked like because i remember the story in my head from the comic book he was standing on a wall looking out and anyway that it just reminded me of that so i just thought i'd point that out some of you have grown up with this uh picture bible and if you haven't heard of it it's it's worth the read it's a great way to rip through all the key stories of scripture in a very fast-paced way uh, i loved it so great for kids great for adults um anyway there we go so here's the story this is going to be a doozy um in fact i second king six i'm starting at verse eight but verses one to seven is kind of a fun one 
Um, there are many hidden stories or forgotten stories or stories you've just never heard. They're odd. They're what? Why is that story in the Bible? Or no way that can't be in the Bible. <laughs> and uh, uh, did you ever hear the floating axe head? Yeah, there's a story, and this is right here, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Um, these guys are uh, digging away, and they're chopping up wood, and some dude loses his axe head in the water in a river. And he screams, oh no, that was a borrowed axe head, which means he was pretty poor. So having to replace it, would he can't afford that. So this guy, uh, Elisha, he, uh, he says to the guy where'd you lose it and so elisha then takes a stick puts it on the water roughly where the axe head went down and the axe head floated up to the top uh, either it was a really really cheap axe head made out of plastic or it was a cool miracle that they just couldn't forget and had to tell the story of i thought that was, that's pretty cool so there is a story of a floating axe head in the bible so but here comes a good part this is a really neat story there's going to be a pretty powerful lesson here uh about eyes about what you see what you can see and can't see and an awareness of the, that there's more going on around us than you realize that's what the kid story was it was really you know individual praise for their lost cat and we do that these are the everyday things of life but already the word had gone out somebody had been looking for the cat the whole time even though the person's all frazzled and sad and oh no you know not every story ends up perfect like that but god's at work he's intricately involved in every part of our lives somehow either holding us up or having to carry us because we can't handle the situation in front of us and he carries us through difficult circumstances uh, again, just praying for this family that is just heavy on my heart right now. But man, my goodness, God's at work in their story too. And right now it's not pleasant. So pray for peace and grace in their lives. All right, Second Kings 6. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we'll mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately elisha the man of god would warn the king of israel do not go near that place for the arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there so the king of israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of god time and time again elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there hmm well, the king of Aram became very upset over this. <laughs> Wouldn't you? How, who's, who's giving them our playlist? Too funny. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> well, here's the king of Aram, pretty ticked off. He calls his officers together and demanded, Which one of you is the traitor? Who's been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. In fact, they, they knew. They knew what was going on. Why wouldn't they tell the king sooner? But anyway, they knew. But because he asked, here they'll tell him. It's not us. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. <laughs> That's what he really wants to do, not just seize him. And the report came back, well, 
Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Now, here's what's kind of funny. Um, if, if Elisha knew where they're going to attack, um, did he know this was going to happen? That's a good question. Never thought of that before. Let's keep going. <laughs> when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Let me say that again. Now, I thought this might have been Elisha, but it says, when the servant of the man of God got up the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Oh, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Wink, wink. Ha! Huh. Then Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Can you imagine? I, I think Elisha must have known. I think he knew. He didn't, it did not express in the text that he was surprised, and he definitely was not afraid. He tells the servant, don't be afraid, because there's more on our side than on their side. Oh, my goodness. Can you just imagine the, the terror of this poor servant kid? Well, it gets better. As the Armenian army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Now, I'd love for God to answer my prayers that quickly and that specifically. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? I got a lot of ideas up my sleeve. And anyway, we'll leave that alone. Just kidding. Um, but he prays, Lord, make them blind, and they became blind. Then Elisha went out and told them, You've come to the wrong place. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I'll take you to the man you were looking for. This is so funny. Just, just think of this. Here this army shows up at the city, surrounds the place. They're clearly surrounded. It's a pretty serious army, okay? Blinds them all. And then Elisha has the guts to come out and say, hm, You guys are at the wrong house. No, 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 no. See the numbers on the door? They're upside down. Wrong house. Let's take you over to the right one. So he leads them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, now open their eyes. Let them see. Daytime, nighttime. Isn't this hilarious? This is great. Their eyes are suddenly opened and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria, their enemy city. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? Uh, talk about um, getting caught. <laughs> this is a brutal, brutal image. Well, when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? And here is another incredible, incredible lesson for you and I when it comes to seeing correct images of God in the scriptures, okay? There's lots of incorrect ones. They are incorrect and many are incomplete. Here is another ep um, uh, um, example of that. So the king says, so should I take them out? Hey, you brought them to me. Is this like a free slaughter? And Elisha says, no, no, of course not. 
Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home on their ma- uh, to their master. After that, the Armenian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Oh my goodness. This is, this is a great lesson, all right? Well, my question would be from this story, how was Elisha able to act and see in faith? This is a big question for all of us. How can we see and act in faith? And I have a hunch. This, was, this is about Elisha's continual awareness and communication with God. I think he had, has taken a habitual time, uh, a pattern of behavior and a pattern of his day, how he spends his day just communing with God in constant communication, hearing the voice of God, sometimes speaking. Uh, but this, this idea of being able to see in the, in, by faith, that was a gift. And there's a couple stories all throughout Scripture. Now, I used to think that there's only a few stories throughout the entire Scriptures that highlights that. So perhaps it's not meant to be the normal day-to-day thing. Maybe it's only meant for special people. Mm, no, I, I'm, I don't think so. Because as soon as you begin to say us versus them... Um, or not for me, but for someone else, uh, then we, ha- we actually throw away the responsibility of having to learn to listen and listen to the faith already in us. Well, what happened when he prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened? Does that mean Elisha saw all along uh, into the spiritual realm? Could Elisha see um, the chariots of fire the whole time? Like, did he just walk up and boom, had, had dual vision? You know what I mean? Like seeing spiritual and the physical realm? I, we don't know. We just don't know. I, un, unless he already had a deep-seated faith, knowing that God was at work in this. Remember, he, he has been spoken to by God to the, the other armies were going to attack at certain places. So he's already in the groove he's the sheep and the and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice well he's the sheep and he hears his shepherd's heavenly father's voice he recognizes it and so by the pattern of listening there's a serious trust being built maybe he had no clue of seeing the chariots maybe he didn't have that sight but the servant did the one who was most fearful because the servant needed to see that uh, pretty amazing. We can't we can't make anything absolute here, you know. But there are some things we can take from this. Here's the last one. The heart of God was revealed when the king asked if he should kill the prisoners. Wow. How many times in the Bible do we hear stories of um, uh, the written text says God's God killed them all or God told them to kill. Uh, uh, I have a hard time with some of that. And yes, the text is there. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to find another lens for something that's not sitting right. Um, But it's still in the written text. So there's something we can learn from this. This particular spot that we just read from uh, 2 Kings 6. um, This is just one little baby picture of how the heart of God is not about killing. And we see that in the New Testament especially. 
that Jesus revealed the Father. He said, none of you have seen the Father. None of you know who he is, but I do, and I'll tell you about him. So there's something about Jesus when he came and their perception of who they thought the Father was, Jesus was the one who was there to reveal the love of the Father. It wasn't so much that God was trying, trying to reveal his son. The son came to reveal the father. This is the gospel. This, it's profound. I love that. Anyway, here we go. Uh, John 5, 17. Now, this is, again, about having the awareness and your eyes open to there's more going on than you know more going on than you may see at any given moment. So listen to this from the New Living Translation. But Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. Huh. What could that mean? It means he's always working. He hasn't stopped. Um, his work is to reveal his creation, to reveal his grace. And so I think if you're wondering, where is God? Does he still love me? Is he involved? Is he mad at me? Is that why all this terrible stuff's happening to me? Did I do something wrong? No. No, you didn't. This is God is totally in love with us. And he wants to reveal his love and acceptance so we rely on him for trust, not our own ingenuity. Because we're pretty good at trying to help God out and he doesn't need our help. Let's take a look at another one. John 17, 3 from the Passion Translation. I've got two, two versions here I think you'll like. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. Hmm. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. This is a pretty deep, deep thought for a moment. Let's read it from the New American Standard Bible next, and then we'll, we'll pair them together. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. They are saying the same kind of thing. So in this sense of seeing beyond what we think is going on, sometimes we're looking at our calendars, we're looking at the news. Uh, oh no, look what's happening around us. Oh, these world events must be pointing to something bigger going, oh, maybe it's the end of the world. Maybe it's this. Maybe Who knows? And those questions come up, and that's natural. It's fine. But... Perhaps that isn't the thing we're to be focusing on. Maybe right here, as we're seeing, maybe this is about us knowing and experiencing God in a very deep personal way. Because he's the one that's been sent to live in us. And Jesus does live in us. So whatever circumstance you're going through, maybe the circumstance is causing an anxiety in you because that's all you're seeing is the, is the problem. Perhaps pause, step back, and look at Christ instead. Focus your eyes on him. We're going to cover a couple of verses on that as well. Let's keep going. Psalm 46.10. Oh, ooh, right, this one. Be still and know that I am God. Young's literal translation says, desist and know that I, God, or am God. And the Passion Translation says, Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop striving, and you will see that I am God. Now, 
it's kind of funny. Well, how can we be still? Of course I'm being still. I can't go anywhere. We're supposed to stay home, at least here in our part of, of the country. And, uh, well, this is a different stillness. This is not about inactivity. This is about stillness and know that I am God. And honestly, here's the funny part. He is God and you're not. <laughs> you know, sometimes we like to control and make sure things are fine. I, I like to plan ahead and make sure things are strategically ready for the next event. I'm wired that way. But sometimes I get too concerned about making sure everything will work out and forget to realize, no, 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 God's got this. He does. And he's using our gifts to, to plan for the future. But there's time to stop and just be still. It's in that stillness, the sense of awe comes. I, this morning I had a really neat opportunity um, to, like, here I am. We're at St. James Church, Lutheran Church in downtown Elmira. And uh, the sanctuary is not being used here. And our church doesn't use that part. But um, I had a chance to just be in there today and be still. I hadn't done that for a long time. I did that when, I, when we first moved in. But I haven't done that for a long time, and it was good. It was just to just to stop and breathe in the stillness of God in a way. You know, I knelt and I prayed. Uh, no, I don't have to do that, but I did. I wanted to, so I, I listened to my want. And it was good. It was good to stop. And this uh, from the Passion Translation here, the idea of surrendering your anxiety. Yeah, I didn't realize I had anxiety building and stress building my family probably knows that but <laughs> um but honestly it was neat just to do that I'm, I'm, i want to do that a bit more yeah hey and lent is coming soon so maybe we'll talk about that and the a pattern of uh, uh the journey to easter how how can we even though lent isn't part of our tradition let's find some benefits of that tradition that are actually meaningful so well anyway we'll we'll see what happens with that so this is about focus. Here we go. In Luke 8, verse 10, it says, He said, You have been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. But to those who don't have a listening heart, my words are mere stories. Even though they have eyes, they're blind to the true meaning of what I say. And even though they listen, they won't receive full revelation. Ouch. This is a great idea of uh, uh, reminding us of what we see, what we perceive. Um, hence, some of the arguments we have with people, whether it's the political arguments, health and safety precaution uh, arguments, or theological arguments. Each one of us perceives, sees something through a certain lens, not just uh, the immediate lens, but through a historical lens of what brought us to their current belief. Here we have something really cool going on. God is saying, I, uh, he's given us a teachable heart to perceive. You have all, we have all, I have, you have been given a spirit or a heart to perceive. Maybe, maybe our, one of our prayers should be, Father, please open my heart to perceive. Like Joshua sang this morning, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Well, how about see deep inside? Perceive, see, that kind of perceive. 
my goodness, this should draw us to the awe and wonder of the one we believe in. So just like that servant had his eyes opened up to seeing something else that was going on, well, God's at work in you and I right now. He is drawing, drawing, as in pulling, dragging all of us towards himself. Not that we're distant. Please, that can set up a, a wrong perception. But the idea of dragging us, drawing us to himself. Yes, he's in us. There is no separation. All right? Christ is in us. But in our minds, we can be far off and to be drawn back to the oneness of the one who is in us is really, really important because we're so distracted with the things going on around us. Luke eleven thirty four to 36. <laughs> The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter your being. When your heart is open, the light floods in. When your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions or yeah, opinions for revelation light. Ouch. Ooh, that's a that can poke hard. And if your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp, reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. Wow. Listen, this whole idea of light and darkness, <laughs> this is huge. You know, we've talked about this many times, but this is about the eyes of our spirit seeing. Our physical eyes can see something. We can see each other. I can see my empty cup of coffee that is now useless and needs a refill or i can say wait a minute i'm already filled up i've got the fullness of christ in me wow there's something to celebrate the the, the redirect to see spiritually what's going on in us and the light that's in us take that to heart and see how that hits your heart luke 11 34 to 36 Acts 26, 17 to 18, again, really powerful. This is really, really cool. I will rescue you from the persecution of your own people and from the hostility of other nations that I will send to you. And you will open their eyes to their true condition so that they may turn from darkness to the light and from the power or dominion of Satan to the power of God. By placing their faith in me, they will receive, there's the word receive, the total forgiveness of sins and be made holy, taking hold of the inheritance that I give to my children. This word receive is critical, all right? It's not a transactional thing, <coughs> as if um, once they do this, then the offer comes. No, let's take a look at the word receive. Lambano is what this means, uh, transliterated. Um, but it means to take what is one's own. Meaning, it's already yours. This forgiveness is already yours. You and I are already forgiven. So taking what's already yours, but they may not perceive that it's theirs, okay? They think it's a new gift, a new thing, but it's already theirs to claim, to procure for oneself, to admit, ooh, there's a good one, uh, to receive, to receive what is offered, not to refuse or reject. There are so many who reject the love of God, and, and I have a hunch that many people reject God's love because of the crazy people calling themselves Christians. I think it's some of the Christ followers who look nothing like Jesus that are probably the problem. Not, not Jesus. 
anybody who really hears the truth and recognizes it. I think people who don't believe in Jesus, when they hear truth, they know it's true. There's no question. They have the discernment already. What? How, how can they have the discernment already? Because the light shines in them already. We talked about this. It's not absent. It's there. So, anyway, this, this is... This is how we perceive. Like when I see people that I work with or um, when I go around to wherever, I don't, well, now we can't go as much, but I see people as in the light. I perceive all of creation in Christ. I perceive every human as a child of God. Wow, that changes my perspective. That, that eliminates a lot of judgment. Romans 5.8 says this, Christ arrives on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. <laughs> he presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble would inspire us to selfless sacrifice, but... God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in, in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. See, this is awareness. This is the eyes to see. God was at work behind the scenes in our darkness. When we were blind, when we didn't believe in this God we say we believe in, even if you're not sure right now, for those who may be watching, who, I don't know if this God's really real, like this, this, this is a lot of questions. That's great. But he's been at work behind the scenes for you. He's already done everything necessary to make you right. He's made you right, even without your permission. <laughs> Imagine that. Working behind the scenes, out of love. Hebrews 3 says that Jesus is greater than Moses. That's just the title. It's not in the actual text. At verse 3 it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, you are now made holy, and each of you is invited to the feast of your heavenly dwelling or calling so fasten your thoughts fully onto jesus whom we embraced as our apostle and king priest fix your eyes on jesus fix fasten focus focus daniel son oh my goodness yes this is this is what we're called to do um, in the Passion Translation, uh, verse 1, it's, uh, Hebrews 12, it says, As for us, we have, all, sorry, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. Oh, wow. Look at that. That is powerful. Uh, there's, there's a reason that we're called to keep our eyes focused on him. So we don't get distracted. So that we don't get tripped up on those things. Uh, sometimes our past wounds really, really freeze us from um, the ability to heal emotionally. And yet God has and want, he's healed you already, but you may not be experiencing that healing. He wants you to have that. He wants you to see, first of all, you are healed because he has healed us. Now, I, I don't know how that works when it comes to our physical healing, but I can see it in the emotional realm, the solical realm, for sure. It, it, it has to do with belief and shifting belief. 
And only he can do that for you. It's pretty wild. How many more have I got? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Yeah, you're right, Lori. We're not going to finish today. My wife said to me yesterday, you don't ever finish. You always have a you go on. <laughs> but, hey, oh, well. Uh, let's, let's, I'll take just a couple more minutes here. In Hebrews 12, in Passion Translation, says, He took away from the natural realm, and we fasten our gaze, here we go, onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. Did you catch that? Your faith that you have? It's been given to you as a gift. You cannot muster up faith. You can't create a faith. Whoever has said, and I've unfortunately, you know, after pastoring for 30 years, I know I've said this, I've taught this, you must have more faith. Ah, that implies you don't have any. And it implies it's up to you to get it and maintain it. No, 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 no. Right here, Jesus birthed your faith within you and leads you forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a beautiful picture of how Jesus was focused on the purpose of going to the cross to make us new creations in him, however that happened because he saw us already complete of what's coming. He saw the fruit of what was coming. His eyes were focused. This is the last, uh, uh, yeah, okay, that's, I was waiting for this one. Um, a number of years ago, um, Lori and I moved to Barrie to work with a church plant. We love the city of Barrie. It was wonderful. And uh, um, the pastor, Greg Funk, um, he's a really good mentor. I really respect him. I still do. Uh, I miss him. Um, but one of the first lessons he did, he took me to a shopping mall and he brought me to this art exhibit that was in the center of the mall, just in the open area, and all these pictures. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see what the pictures were. So it didn't make any sense, but they were called stereograms. And I'm going to show you a picture in just a moment. Um, and I'm going to try and go full screen in just a second. Um, but this, this stereogram uh, he said, tell me what you see. Well, I couldn't see. And then he, he encouraged me to slow down, you know, the ADHD kid. <laughs> and he said, focus on the picture. Stare at it intently until you see something. And I was getting frustrated. I said, come on. This is, this, there's nothing. It's all lines. It's all whatever. I couldn't figure it out. And then I saw it. Well, I'm going to show you one now. So I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to get you to see if you can. Stare at this picture. I'm going to go to full screen. Well, that isn't going to work because my microphone, I didn't set up the microphone to work for that. But I'm just going to, I'll have to post this online now. But maybe you can even see it from this. But if you can stare at this picture, um, and, and what do you see? Because when you stare and you find out what's there, it'll, it'll come out. It'll turn into a 3D image. It, it's stunning. Um, there, there'll be an elephant down here, continent of Africa in the top, and then off, off to the right, in the top right, is an, a rhinoceros. But it's there for those who will take time to focus. I'll post the picture on Facebook um, or email to whoever wants it or text it to whoever would like to see this and practice this focus. This is really cool. Like This just looks like very interesting art. Isn't that nice? But there's, there's three full images in there if we focus and look. I, I'm, I think you're, you're going to be surprised at what's there. Um, but 
for now, we're going to wrap up today because um, that's enough time already. We're, we're hitting the 11 o'clock just after 11. Navigating forward, we'll come back for part two of, of today's uh, um, talk on what do you see? Do your glasses need uh, refocusing or fixing? Do you need a new prescription? Uh, are there things in your blind spots that you're not noticing? Well, God is involved in those blind spots. He's involved in every activity of your life, caring for you, loving you, speaking messages of encouragement and hope, even when things are crashing in around you. Uh, it may not even be necessary to ask God why. That's a natural question. Why? Why is this happening to me? And honestly, I, I, I don't know. We, we can't answer why. We can't answer uh, that question with absolute certitude. certitude. We, we just can't because we don't know. Hindsight might tell us. Hindsight later may not. We don't know. But perhaps perhaps it's about surrender right now. Giving up. Saying, God, I don't understand this. I don't have an answer for it. All I see is darkness and or I see disaster all around me. What do I do? Listen, this is where God carries you. This is where he holds you. You may not even perceive that. And you're allowed to do your hissy fit and your anger, your emotional rants, you name it. And he's not offended by it. That's really important to know today. He's there listening. And maybe he, he might even send someone to you to be a listening ear. Something, someone tangible. Because I think God uses people to help other people. He uses people to answer prayers too and, and to be a voice. So it's pretty cool. All right, that's it for now. So next week, uh, join us again, same time, uh, just before 10 o'clock, we start the countdown. If you've been encouraged and you're part of Hope Fellowship, I encourage you to uh, make your donations. We can sure use them. And then we're going to go to the chat, Zoom chat right after. So if you want to join us, send me a Facebook message, and I'll um, uh, send you the link as soon as I switch this off and get rolling. So give me one minute to turn all this off, and then we'll go over to Zoom, and we'd love to say hello to some of you over there. That's it. Thanks so much. You guys have a really, really, really great day.